Hey, what's up, guys? It's your boy Fenyo, and this is the Early Playing Podcast. Uh, we have quite a few things to talk about this week. Uh, firstly, let's get into right away because let's get into the UFC 295. That's the pay per view that we just had. Uh, as you guys know, main event Alex Pereira versus Yuri Prohashka. It was a cool event. I was expecting it to be very good, and I think it was. So. Uh, why don't we do a recap, uh, full preview style, let's begin by the bottom and let's get to the main event, why not? Um, opening the fight we have Jamal Emers against uh, Denis Busukia. Uh, Emers out of the gate begins very hot with the one-twos, with the leg kicks, uh, going to the body a little bit, this was a very short fight, only 49 seconds, and Emers surprised uh, Busukia pressuring into the cage, with a straight, uh, with a lead right hand uh, from Orthodox, um, he just squares the shoulder. Bam! Catches him with the with the right hand for the for the first round knockout. Uh, Emers here looked very very good. Uh, I'm not quite sure why Busukia took the the back foot uh, so willingly when he's uh, at his best pressuring. But yeah, I mean, uh, I was expecting Emers to win here. Uh, very good performance. After that, I was hyping up this one quite a bit, and it delivered. Uh, Joshua Barnes fought Kevin Borjas. In my prediction, I said uh, I expected Borjas to be very in the pocket. I was wrong about that. Um, I think Borjas... Uh, well, beginning the first round, let's do a, a quick recap, and then I give you th some thoughts. Uh, beginning of the first round, Borjas is... Is quite not getting his range. Uh, Joshua Mann is uh, maintaining the initiative, being faster. Borja's trying to land uh, leg kicks, not quite getting there. And then the last minute or so, Borjas gets more aggressive, and that forces Joshua into into some exchanges. And Borjas like hurts him, wins the round very clear. Borja, first round goes to Borjas. Second round, uh, Joshua Mann just starts putting on the volume, uh, starts managing distance very well, puts the pressure and Borjas like takes the takes the back foot very willingly. I've, I've seen Borjas like box well on the back foot in the past, especially he's using his jab, but he's not like finding the jab here. So he started like selling out looking for the counter left hook. He landed a, f a good amount of counter left hooks and uh, not super clean connections though. Uh, so yeah, Joshua Ban doing a, a great job of mixing up uh, the body shots. Uh, though a lot of them were like right hands to the body that were not landing super hard, but but not not to discredit Ban, he was looking fantastic on the second, and he also got a takedown, I think, and he also got a takedown on the third. So yeah, Joshua Ban is like an amazing pro uh, prospect. Uh, the third round was a lot closer. Uh, Borjas had him hurt a few times. Uh, Joshua Ban for sure had the volume, had a takedown. But the third, in my opinion, was very close. Could have gone either way. At the end, uh, all the judges saw saw it for Joshua Ban. Um, great fight. Uh, if you want to catch up on a good fight, watch this one. I think Borjas did not fight a great fight. Uh, Joshua Ban did fight a very good fight. 
and sometimes that just separates you the, the ability to put on consistent good performances uh, time and time again but but yeah I'm still excited about both guys uh, I was surprised to see very few left hooks to the body uh, from Borjas it's a very good shot from him uh, Joshua Bang was doing good job with the bodywork uh, himself so yeah, but other, overall it, it was a good fight, and and I'm perfectly fine with the with Ban getting the decision. After that, we have John Castañeda versus Kyung Ho Kang. A very frustrating fight. I think both guys were not fighting the right fight, if you know what I mean. Uh, Castañeda was fighting the smarter uh, between quotes fight, uh, doing a lot of moving, uh, throwing pot shots at 70, 60 percent. Uh, Kim Ho Kang was trying to counter, not really getting anything off. Uh, first round, I, I saw it for Kang. Uh, he was landing a few... Uh, well, he hurt Castaneda at the end of the first round, but he also was scoring with the snap kicks to the body. He was landing the only damaging shots. Then second round, Castaneda was with way more volume. I think Kang was still landing better shots, but then there comes a time where the volume makes up for the damage. Uh... It's not that Castañeda was landing like nothing shots, that he was still like doing damage, just less so that when Kang was landing. And then the third was close to be honest, uh, damage wise, like Kang uh, kind of bossed him at one time, land su uh, super, uh, landed super hard knees to the body. Castañeda was having more, more, more volume as I said, uh, he snapped the, the head back from Kang a few times with the straight shots, but he was not hurting him. Um, I think all judges gave him like a 30-27 to Castaneda. I mean, it's, it's whatever. I mean, I'm not salty because I picked Kang and I like him as a fighter. I think he, he fought a very bad fight. So, uh, But Castaneda's style is just very annoying. And, and I think he's an athletic dude who carries power, uh, does a lot go does a good job of putting like swarms together and now he's trying to be like smarter and I don't know it's not a very good watch uh skip this fight do not watch it after that we have Jared Gordon against Mark Madsen uh DC and Rowan completely convinced that <laughs> the last name of this guy is O'Madsen like he's some Irish guy or something <laughs> but yeah uh fight begins Madsen who is on Tricer I don't know if that's been going on for a while or, or that's new uh, but yeah, I mean, DC and Rogan know, oh, this is Firas, this is Firas. <laughs> and and you'll see why it gets funny. But, but yeah, Madsen starts like a house on fire, going with a single collar tie, landing big knees, uh, some dirty boxing, the right hooks to the body. And Gordon was having a bit of trouble then. Uh, when they got separation, Gordon was doing good stuff, where putting his hands together. I think his boxing uh, was looking great here. Uh, not, not, rel not rely... Um, not depending on on switches as often, but but just putting good combinations together, especially with the left hand. I mean, Gordon always had a good left hook, and he was putting it to good use in the few moments of like outside striking that they were getting. Um, Gordon started to figure out that he he could like pull back to extend the collar tie of Madsen and then just throw hands from there. So he was started to win the the dirty boxing exchanges with that and the big difference here was that uh, Madsen was not seeing the shots uh, and Gordon was like Madsen was landing with power especially to the body but I think Gordon uh, showed up very well conditioned to this fight I gotta say and then 
uh, he caught on Madsen uh, first with a glancing left hook and a right hand that I think they were starting to to have an effect on Madsen and then he got uh, he got him with a small uppercut from uh, like the the outstretched collar tie and and that buckled Madsen DC DC caught this on the on the broadcast he said he saw some buckle on the knees of Madsen I think he was right uh, Madsen looked hurt there then Gordon just gives him like. Like a taste of his own medicine, going hard with the dirty boxing. Uh, nice head pressure, uh, putting his uh, forehead on the shin of Madsen, landing shots, and I think it was like a like a right hook from the from the clinch that dropped Madsen, and he drops super bad, man. Uh, Madsen is 39 years old, had like literally thousands of international wrestling matches so yeah i mean uh, he looked decent here but he cannot take the shots i mean i mean the the shin has never been like super concerning i think uh grant dawson was hurting him but but yeah i mean here he looked uh he looked a lot uh he looked very shaky here Great performance for Gordon, just staying consistent, uh, being aggressive, figuring out stuff. Uh, very good performance, I think uh, you should watch this one. The next one was probably the best fight of the night for me. Uh, Nassim Sadikov and Vyacheslav Borshov have a tremendous fight. Tremendous fight. Uh, most of the fight was like Sadikov trying to pressure, Borshov using excellent, excellent use of his leg kicks and his signature combination punching uh Borshev not putting like a hundred percent on the shots here um going for a lot of volume sadikov was very hard to to get clean on the head here um very good use of the high guard he also was using like a like a crab with the with the high elbow like a, a bit of Dustin Poirier style especially when he's walking forwards and then he just puts the high guard and moves like his torso a little bit so he was a, very hard to hurt uh, upstairs. Borshev was going crazy to the body and Sadikov is just a horse, man. He was tanking those shots. Uh, he was taking them so well. He was not looking that tired. He never looked hurt by them. It was very impressive. Um, he got uh, so bad. Most of the fight was Borshev just dominating with his combinations, with the footwork, with the misdirections. He was making great reads uh, defensively, even though Sadikov was getting to to pressure him against the cage. Sadikov was not getting the, the exchanges that he wanted. I, I think Borshev showed he was the, the better fighter in the pocket and on the back foot here. Uh, despite that, Sadikov was doing, I think, the smart thing because... Uh, I was getting some comments about uh, Sadikov not having like good fight IQ. I think um, we need to make a distinction between the, the skills, the technical skills that you have and fight IQ. I think fight IQ, when we talk about fight IQ, I think it comes to the, de the decisions that you make with what you have, you know? Like, like some fighters are very limited in the amount of things that they can do and the effectiveness of their technique, but they still are like smart fighters that make good decisions. And I, th I think Sadikov is like a smart fighter. Uh, he was not taking unnecessary risks. He, he bet on fighting like a big shot eventually, and he did. Uh, he hurt Borshev with a counter, with like a overhand, uh, kind of an uh, overhand, a hook like a swingy left hand 
very wide with a bit of an angle upwards and glanced, glanced of the head of Porsche. Porsche got hurt and then Sadikov nails him with a head kick. Did not put him out because Porsche had one, one, hand, one hand up. But yeah, I mean, uh, as the... And then Borshev just came back on the third with the with the heavy body shots and all that kind of stuff. And it was a great fight. Uh, it was just great. I mean, a lot of cool combinations, a lot of cool moments. Uh, the fight was amazing. I was I very enjoyed this fight. This one and and the Elvis Brenner versus Kutatelatsa fight, I think, are the best fights of the year so far. Um, I guess like Pantoja Moreno is in the running as well. But yeah, this one is very good, just just watch it. Uh, I might make some clips or maybe about this fight because the, the combinations by Borshev were, were amazing and Sadikov put on a very good performance as well. After that we had Mateusz Rambeski against Roosevelt Roberts. Oh, hilarious uh, high disc discrepancy here. Uh, Rambeski is uh, built uh, uh, as like... 5-6, I think Roberts is probably like 6-1. Um, but yeah, Rombeski did not give him space to breathe. He was putting on the pressure, the thing that he does, like going with the straight shots to the body, that kind of stuff, uh, through an overhand hand, an overhand left transition to the legs as he does, and then took the back, went from the arm bar. Ro uh, Roberts tried to stay on top, but Rombeski st uh, stayed on the arm bar. And got the amber finish, so very cool. Uh, I'm, I like Rombeski a lot. Uh, this was a very good performance. After that, we have Lupita Godinez versus Tabata Rishi. Did not put much attention to this one. Uh, to me, it looked like Godinez was like getting the better shots most of the time, but Rishi hurt her at the end of the first, <laughs> at the end of the second. That made uh, the judging uh, kind of sketchy. I just gave Rishi the third. I'm not sure I can agree with that. I thought it was very clearly a Lupita round, but I I knew this was probably going to be close. Like they are like kind of similar fighters, but with different approaches uh, and both very athletic. So they are not like super confident strikers. So I think those fights can get awkward sometimes. Um, and the last prelim was Steve Erzeg versus Alessandro Costa. A very good fight. Ersek putting on the volume earlier. Uh, Costa not quite figuring out the distance. Ersek also got like a takedown, I think, on the second round. Uh, Costa gets very aggressive, hurt Ersek pretty bad. Uh, then they have a few exchanges on the ground, but it was a clear Costa round. And then on the third, like Ersek just stalled him on, on, against the cage. And, and yeah, Costa couldn't do much about it. So even though I think it's lame. Uh, it was on Costa to defend that, but this one was very good. The third round kind of a snoozer, but the first and the, the first and the second were very very good. Then we have the the main card, uh, Diego Lopez. As I said on my on the preview, I think he needed to defend takedowns here. Sabatini very heavy from the position, and I I wasn't sure that Diego was going to do his like guard tricks against him. But it was not needed because Diego Lopez defended a takedown and just clanked. But Sabatini, when he was getting up, uh, and yeah, Diego Lopez throws like very nice hooks. I was very complimentary of, about that before this fight. Obviously, I picked Sabatini and I was wrong, but it's cool to be wrong like this, you know, like Lopez, uh, great action fighter. I'm not super high on Lopez, like I'm not sure what his ceiling are. I'm not sure I would pick like Lopez against, against Danige, maybe? 
But but maybe now on a rematch, I think if Loyev beats him, I think Bryce Mitchell beats him. Uh, it would be interesting to see Diego Lopez against like Ige versus um, Yusuf, uh, something like that. But but yeah, I mean, but Diego Lopez is exciting. He's fun to watch. Uh, Sabatini is also good. He he'll be back. But I think uh, Sabatini has a bit of a, of a harder ceiling just because he doesn't have like the insane sheen, you know. Ah, the striking is like good, but not quite. So after that, we have Benoit on the knee against Matt Frebola. Uh, a chaos, absolute chaos, as you would expect from a Benoit on the knees fight. I, I I think Frebola kind of make a mistake of conceiving that kind of fight, but I think he was super hyped. He he and he Frebola has been thriving on chaos as well. Uh, cool sequence on the ground. Uh, Benoit Sandini using some butterfly hooks when he found himself on the ground. Uh, Frebola with a big takedown before that. And at the end of the fight comes as Frebola circles like with his hands down, uh, very wide circling. I think he thought he was out of range for any strikes. And uh, Benoit Sandini just lands <laughs> a head kick, a beautiful uh, left kick. Uh, very long, by the way, so good. Good flexibility by Benoit Sandini here, and then just the ground and pound, and that was it. Uh, good for Benoit Sandini. Uh, wondering about his ceiling, I think uh, too flawed everywhere to get like super super high. Uh, Rogan was like going off about like he's only six years in and that kind of shit. Like I don't know, man. Uh, a lot of fighters are very good six years in. Like, TJ Dillard show was, like, the best fighter of the world six years in. Uh, and I, I know that's a bit of an unfair uh, comparison against one of the best fighters ever. But uh, my point is that he's pretty close to his prime. I do not think uh, Sandini is improving that much. He's just, like, incredibly tough. He's a smart fighter who has, like, good attributes and a few good things that he knows how to put to very good use. So... Uh, obviously, like the ceiling, when I've, I'm not sure about his ceiling, I'm saying like he's probably like top 10, top 5 material, which is like very, very good in a division as good as Lightweight. So I'm not cheating on the guy. I'm just not quite sure about him being like a contender for the title. And I, I'm not sure he's going to get there, to be honest. Um, I could be wrong, but I don't see it. I don't see it. I don't see him beating like Sarukian or Gambrot, Justin Gage, if you see him. I don't see beating any of those guys, to be honest. Uh, Saint-Denis is going to start uh, paying for for his wild style, for his limitations, I think. Uh, but if you allow if you allow Benoit Saint-Denis to do what he knows how to do well, he's going to fuck you up. Like I think he's, despite the chaos and despite all the mess of the fights, I think he's very smart. And being like very smart, very athletic, big for the division, and having dangerous tools on the feet and on the ground, it means that Benoit Sandin is never a free fight. But I think uh, the lead of the division might found might find answers to what he presents. Uh, after that, we have Jessica Andrade against Mackenzie Dern, uh, Dern, who apparently not not anymore with Parillo. I'm not sure what happened to Jason Parillo. Uh, he closed his gym. I'm not sure what's happening with his fighters. I mean, who else he has? Like, 
uh, I think Dos Anjos is not with him anymore. Uh, Rockhold is not fighting. Bisping is not fighting. So he had Dern and who else? I'm not sure. But but uh, Dern looked like look here like he wasn't with Parillo anymore. A, a lot more of like MMA tropes in her striking. Uh, more kicks. Uh, more side to side movement. Uh, more more like switches of stances and and these things are not necessarily bad but um but i think darren was like constructing a style of a of a combination puncher and this didn't um, do her a lot of favors here i think uh i think i guess why the camp decided to like go in this direction for this fight especially because maybe you don't want to exchange in the pocket against andrage uh, but I think they should have concentrated in in getting clinches. Uh, and I pointed out how uh, open space clinches have been a weakness for Andrash. Uh, Dern got like a good judo throw he uh, here. But um, the thing with Dern and her judo throws is that she doesn't have like great finishes. Like he throws like gears flying, but she, she rarely achieves uh, good control out of that. Uh, because the, yeah, the the finishes of the takedowns are too messy. She doesn't get any control. She doesn't have two good transitions to go to the top position. So Andrade was able to go to her feet there. And the longer this fight goes, like Andrade was just starting to land more and more. And then, as I said before, the fight just uh, knows how to put combinations together, but the sheen uh, stays upright. Depends a lot on aggress on aggressiveness. Uh, to to just keep people away and you're not gonna keep uh, Andrade away. Uh, she hurt Andrade a few times, but yeah, it was Andrade landing hard, uh, harder and cleaner. And then in the exchanges, like then did not have the peace of mind to go for takedowns to clear off clinches. She was like just exchanging, and eventually she got like dropped by a combination by Andrade. Um, I thought Mackenzie Dern could win this one just because Andrade had. Hasn't been looking so hot lately, but yeah, I mean, I should have trust the the style matchup that it was very bad for Dern. But yeah, great win for Andrade. Co-main event, finally, uh, the big boys, Tomas Pinal and Sergei Pavlovich. They just had like a, like a funny uh, swinging fight. Uh, Aspinal landing some good calf kicks uh, to his credit, but it was mostly the boxing. Uh, Pavlovich tags Aspinal pretty good at one moment. Aspinal looked a bit concerned. Uh, he almost lost his mouthpiece. Uh, but then it was Aspinal like <laughs> catching him with a, you know, two right hands. Uh, the first one like a glancing one that make like Pavlovich stumble a little bit, and then he lands like a right hook, clean near the ear and just goes to the ground, puts an end to it. Aspinal gets to the title other than getting injured against Blades, not facing mass, much adversity at all. Um, but yeah, I mean, so far, so good, man. Uh, he looks, he has looked great so far. Uh, not gonna complain much about Aspinal. I think if the UFC is not gonna make uh, John Jones versus Nganu and they won't, uh, Dana has been a little bitch about it. I uh, think the only interesting fight uh, to make at heavyweight is Tomas Pinal versus John Jones, and 
John Jones probably don't want that. They're insisting on making like John Jones versus Stipe, and we all saw Stipe walking like a fucking cowboy. Uh, he looks like he has half a hip. Uh, so yeah, I mean, not very interesting in that. And after that, we have the main event. <laughs> we knew, we knew it, it was going to be wild, and wild it was. We have we had Alex Pereira against Jiri Prohaska. Uh, Alex getting success right off the bat. The third calf kick he lands, and Jiri is already like not feeling that leg very well. Uh, Jerry goes for the takedown at the at the end of the first round. I said he was going to, and uh, he did. Uh, Pereira just keep having like bad takedown defense. He just not the dude doesn't dig for underhooks. Like I don't get it. Like you train with Glover, I I'm, I'm sure he's teaching the, he's teaching you that. Uh, Pereira does some good work in the clinch, getting separation sometimes when he gets to like grab a wrist and fight grips like that. But I think he he needs to to do a better job of like not grabbing uh, headlocks and just going for underhooks or at least learn to wizard hard on the other side, man. But yeah, I mean uh, the the jujitsu operator on the other hand is all right. Like he's not going to submit you, but he knows how to stay safe. Uh, he's patient. He stays safe on the ground. Uh, he has shown that against Jiri and against Yan. Uh, neither of them like great wrestlers and great top position grapplers. I mean, Jan is decent from top position. And Jiri also is like a good grappler. He, he submitted Pere uh, Teixeira, so... But yeah, Pereira looks solid on the BJJ side. I'm not complaining much about that. I think the problem with Pereira is the wrestling, especially against the cage. He just looks crappy there. Uh, second round... Uh, Jiri starts using the threat of the takedown to land some shots and I thought he was going to win like that to be honest uh, because the the defense of Alex Pereira after the first takedown gets pretty bad uh, because he likes to like fight hands a lot with the uh, with the frames and the parries and that kind of shit and he starts doubting himself because he needs to use the hands uh, downstairs when he's thinking about takedowns and he just freezes sometimes uh, though on rewatch, a lot of like the jury like uppercuts that I thought he was landing to good effect, they were not actually landing. Just Alex just reacting weird to his strikes. At the end, the end of the fight, that was kind of controversial. Uh, uh, jury closes the distance. Pereira, right hook, left hook, <laughs> hurts him. Jury goes to the uh, body lock to work for a takedown. Pereira lands hammer fits, transitions to elbows. Jiri collapses, Pereira lands in mount, Jiri hands outstretched on the floor, he looks out, Goddard steps in and stops the fight, Jiri immediately wakes up, turns around and all that crap. I think it was a first stoppage and Jiri uh, agrees, like he collapsed, like you cannot go out even for a flash, flash knockouts I think are valid uh, stoppages. Like you, should, you should not be going out of conscience during a fight. Like if, you, if you survive like a flash knockout and you come back, like that's good. But if the ref stops the fight, uh, you cannot complain about that, man. Uh, you need to be conscious. Uh, I think a very good... A, be, a very good tweet by... I'm gonna say there, but I'm pretty sure uh, his name is not said like that at all. I'm sorry. Uh, but yeah, he said like, MMA fans love to complain about uh, referees letting the fighters die inside the cage. 
and then they complain anyway when they do not let a fighter die. I understand this was a fight for the title, but I think Godard made the right choice. He needs to protect the fighters. That's the more important thing. And Jiri, I'm super convinced that Jiri went out. If you go out, it's fair to stop the fight. If the ref doesn't catch it and you get like woken up by, a, by another shot or something, uh, and the fight continues, like it continues, but you cannot go out. You cannot go out. So yeah, me Pereira, second title. <laughs> Still not very sure how good of an MMA fighter he is, but but it's fun to watch, man. It's very fun to watch. Uh, it's Alex Pereira versus Jamal Hill next. I hope so. Uh, probably not soon because Jamal Hill was looking chunky <laughs> as an spectator for this fight. But yeah, uh, the main the the pay per view was a lot of fun to be honest. A lot of fun. Uh, only one like mid fight that was Lupita versus Tabata Rishi. Um, oh no, yeah, Castaneda versus uh, Mr. Perfect was awful too. Uh, skip those two, watch everything else because it's either good fights. Uh, yeah, you can also skip like the third round of Erzak versus Costa. I swear nothing happens there. Or that, that is like exciting knockouts or good, good fights. So, yeah, I mean, it was good, it was very good. And let's talk about a few fight announcements. Very few, actually. Um, no, actually, actually, only one. Oh, no, two. I have two fight announcements. I'm sorry. Uh, one is very depressing. The other one is fun. Uh, first, we have Dominic Reyes versus Carlos Ulberg. This is happening at UFC 297 on January. Man, this is awful, man. Uh, Ulberg is probably going to tag Dominic. And it's going to be super sad. Like... I don't know what happened what happened to Dominic Reyes. Reyes was so good, man. Like for light heavyweight, he was so good. The guy beat John Jones. That that should tell you. And I know like late career John Jones not that great, but John Jones still like somehow manages to win all the fights except this one and the Thiago Santos and he still won, so I mean maybe Dominic Reyes comes back. I don't know. This is rough and Oberg it's quick, it's hard. I'm not sure about this one. I do not like it. It's probably going to be sad. And the other one is for the same pay-per-view in Canada. We have Shah Jordan against Shang Woodson. And this one should be fire. This one is very good, very good. And uh, not sure, not sure what's going to happen here. Um, should be very exciting. Both guys aggressive, both guys go to the body. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. Oh no, and I have yet another one. This one is a rematch uh, for some reason. Uh, Mateus Nicolau is fighting Manel Cap. They're fighting again. Uh, Nicolau beat Cap by decision like not even two years ago, I think. Uh, these rematches on Flyweight are very, very dumb. I do not like them. It's like the UFC just want Cap and Royval to be the... They're the, clearly the only fighters they care about at flyweight. I think they're very down on Albasi now that uh, after that kind of weird fight with, with Kaikara France. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I think they they really want to do like Cap versus uh, Royval for the title. So I think this is an unfair rematch for Nicolau. And I think the um, Royval versus Pantoja is also like an unfair, unfair rematch for the champ. 
In my opinion, I mean, it's it's kind of bullshit. You gotta beat a guy twice just because the UFC likes them. Like, you keep getting chances. I don't know. Uh, other than that, it should be a good fight. And uh, to to be fair, like Cap has been looking a lot better lately. So maybe this time around it's going to be more competitive. Maybe Cap takes it, but if he does, like it's it's kind of shitty. But to be fair, like Nicolau is coming off. Um, had a setback against uh, Royval, so maybe winner of this can fight for the title. So maybe it's a good opportunity for Nicolau after all. But should be a good fight. Should be a good fight. I, I'm not super fan of rematches when you don't have an actual reason to do them. Uh, I think uh, Nicolau beat Cap like super clearly. I think Pantoja, obviously, he beat the shit out of Royval. Uh, Me and he super super clearly won the first round and then when it looked like Royval is going to get going he got finished so Tomia he he already beat that guy why why does the other guy need an, another chance you know um and now if Cap wins here Pantoja gets like another rematch like you know it's kind of it's kind of crazy uh and he he had to beat Moreno like for the third time to win the title as well so yeah, it's whatever. We have Bellator this week, and Bellator is stacked, weirdly stacked. This is a very good one. Um, we have Jaroslav Amosov against Jason Jackson for the welterweight title. Uh, is it like... Yeah, yeah, this is for the welterweight title. Uh, I'm not familiar with Jason Jackson. Probably Amosov is going to wash him, but... But yeah, I mean, uh, not super, not super hype about this one because I like haven't seen that much Amosov. He looks very good, and I don't think I ever seen Jason Jackson. But after that, we have Sergio Perez versus Patchy Mix, by far the best like bantamweight fight that you can make uh, outside the UFC. Um, as you guys know, Sergio Perez, my boy. I'm rooting super hard for him. I'm a bit scared because Pachimix is so fucking big and a dangerous grappler. Uh, the striking should be like on Petty's side for sure. But Ricky Pitbull uh, continues in the in the lightweight tournament against uh, MMA nerd's darling Alexander Shabli. Shabli, I think he's going to win this one like very easily to be honest. But uh, if Pitbull shows in good form. Uh, maybe he will push Shabli to do like cool stuff and maybe it is a good fight. If if Patricky doesn't show like in a good in good in good shape, like I think Shabli is going to take him out of there very quick. Uh, Ralphion Stotts is having a rematch with Danny Sabatello. Um not super excited, but at least it's like high level, I can't deny that. AJ McKee Jr. is fighting Sydney Outlaw. Uh super, super easy fight for AJ, I think. And those are the fights. I mean, it has names. I'm just mostly super excited about Sergio Perez versus Mix. Uh, I hope Pitbull versus Shabli is good. Uh, but yeah, I mean, getting to see Shabli do his thing is always cool. So not gonna complain. And hopefully the main event is also good. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they stack the card with with the fighters that they have available, and I think it's a good card. Uh, obviously, I do not expect much going down the card. Maybe there are some hidden gems. I'm not very familiar with the Bellator roster. As you know, I covered the UFC so extensively that I don't have much time for much else. And the UFC is not stacked this week. Uh, we have uh, Brendan Allen versus Paul Craig. 
I think uh, Alan is kind of cool as a fighter, but too bad that he was like a, a super douchebag about like, oh, I beat my children, what are you gonna do about it? My my daughter is better than your son because I beat my daughter and she's smarter, she's faster. She's like, shut up, dude. What a fucking dunce, man. And Paul Craig, he's like a cool dude, apparently. He's fucking mess, man. I, and I think, I think Brendan Allen is going to beat the shit out of Paul Craig, to be honest. Like... Uh, Brendan Allen can't stay on top of him. Uh, he's a very good grappler. I doubt Paul Craig is going to accomplish much from guard. And on the feet, Allen is a better striker too. Uh, Craig has some danger and he's very long, so... Co-main is better. I'm um, not super hyped about this, but it's better. It's a good fight. Jake Matthews is fighting Michael Morales. Uh, Matthews probably the best, uh, the bigger, the biggest test of Morales so far, but I think... I think Matthews a bit a bit shaky, getting a bit chinny now that he's not that young anymore. And Morales just insanely confident and athletic. I still don't think much out of his skills, but I think he's smart, he's powerful, he's athletic, and he's smart inside the cage. So and super confident, and that scares a lot of people off. I think uh, Matthews should take this uh, skill-wise, but I'm thinking Morales takes it. Jordan Levitt versus Chase Hooper. They do what? It's not like high level, but should be fun, especially if they grapple. Uh, I mean, Levitt, I think, should try for top position here. If they get into scrambles, obviously, Chase Hooper is actually good there. And I think uh, Levitt is not as great during scrambles unless they are like match wrestling things. If they get into like a BJJ match, I think Chase Hooper wins this one super easily. On the feet, this one is also interesting. I think Levitt probably like maybe like the smarter striker, but Chase Hooper throws heat. Like he doesn't big, uh, have big power, but he throws hard and he throws a lot of volume and he's very aggressive. And Levitt likes to like the kick move thing. And I don't think Chase Hooper is going to allow him. I think I'm siding with Hooper here. Uh, Peyton Talbot, oh, the, the, yeah, the guy, Talbot was very annoying to me on Contender Series, <laughs> he's good, he has very good attributes, he has like very good cardio, shin, uh, he has pop, uh, he's fighting Nika Aguirre, I do not remember who Nika Aguirre is, Amanda Hivas is fighting Luana Pinheiro, this one is very good actually, for, is this flyweight, or is like Hivas dropping down to strawweight again? Because Pinheiro fought on strawweight. I I don't know, but yeah, this one is good. I think I think Luana might win here, and that sucks because I like Amanda a lot. But yeah, Uros Medish versus Johnny Parsons is probably maybe the best fight here. I know it's crazy to say that, like, but when it comes to action, this one is going to be very fun. Like Johnny Parsons is not great, but he's aggressive. He throws nasty body kicks and punches to the body, leg kicks, that kind of stuff. And Uros Medic is like an actual good striker, so... So yeah, this one is probably going to be good. It's going to be good. Uh, Cesar Almeida versus Christian Leroy Duncan. Um, which one is... Uh, is Almeida the kickboxer? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Almeida is the kickboxer that looks very solid on Contender Series. And Leroy Duncan is like this super athlete from England that is a fucking meme of a guy that got, got his shit beat by Armin Petrosian in his UFC debut. Um, yeah, this one is probably going to be fun. 
I'm not going to complain much about this. Uh, Nicolas Mota versus Trey Ogden. Uh, Trey Ogden doesn't do much. I mean, he puts like bullshit volume out there. Nicolas Mota banks hard, but then neither of these guys very good. Pudilova versus Aileen Perez, whatever, <laughs> really. Uh, Mick Parkin versus Cayo Machado. It's probably a passable heavyweight fight. I think Mick Parkin is alright. Uh, I don't remember Cayo Machado. He's a contender series guy. Uh, he is. I do not remember. <laughs> Jonathan Pierce, J JSP versus Joe Anderson Brito. Okay, this one. This one is the good fight of the card. This one should probably be main event. I mean, I, sh I know they these guys are like ranked, uh, not even ranked, but they are like a lot better than Brendan Allen and Paul Craig. These are like actual good fighters. And uh, yeah, this one is, I'm excited about this one. Like Jonathan Pierce has looked great in the, uh, so far. And um, Brito is like house on fire. And for all of you that are super hyped about Diego Lopez, like just watch like, Brito versus Diego Lopez in Contender Series because Brito was beating his shit because they had to go to a technical decision uh, because of a of an eye poke, I think. But yeah, but Brito was beating his shit. And Helliger is back. Shadon Helliger, uh, fan uh, fan weight from Canada. He's fighting. Jose Johnson, which one is Jose Johnson, man? I do not know these guys. Oh yeah, Jose Johnson is the guy that got twisted by Damon Blackshear. Um, hopefully, Angeliger wins here because he's cool. Charles Johnson is fighting Rafael Esteban. And, and yeah, this one is good. This one I'm not going to complain, this one is good. Um, this one is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Rafael Hamos look good on on Contender Series and I love Charles Johnson so yeah and the opening fight is Lucas Alexander which one is Lucas Alexander man ah the guy that beat Steven Peterson yeah I do not remember him at all but he's fighting Jack Asaragi the guy that fought Jubilee uh, on the final of Road to UFC uh, Saragi is like an insane athlete, but not very good anywhere. And yeah, that's the card. Like, like Bellator. Like, I mean, Bellator falls apart after the the big names, but but they still have the big names. The UFC doesn't have much going on. Uh, but if you if you want to like check out some fights from this card, um, I think Johnson versus Stevam is going to be good. Uh, Jonathan Pierce versus Joe Anderson Britos probably in the high is probably the highest level fight here. So watch out for that. Um, I'm excited for the debut of Cesar Almeida in the UFC. Uros Medic versus Johnny Parsons is going to be action. Amanda Hivas versus Luana Pinheiro, decent. And Jake Matthews versus Michael Morales is alright. And the main event is like, it's a bad main event, but it's a decent fight. I would not complain about Brendan Allen against Paul Craig if it wasn't a main event. And uh, maybe at five rounds it gets interesting, who knows. I'm not saying it's going to be a bad fight, but you have so many talented, good uh, fighters in, in in a lot of divisions and you make this main event, it's kind of it's kind of weak, kind of weak. And that's it, I've been talking for a very good while, I think, I'm not sure. Uh, the pay-per-view was good. Um, Bellator this week, uh, it's top-heavy, but it's good. And UFC is the UFC... This is on the apex, right? Of course it is on the apex. 
I'm not an Apex hater. I think, I think I liked the Apex a lot when it was like super quiet during the pandemic. I thought that was very, very cool. Uh, now that they have like a little bit of people, I think it kind of sucks. Uh, I rather, but I, I still, I still like the Apex because you can hear the corners, uh, you can hear the shots. I, I like that a lot, to be honest. I like that a lot, but I'd rather be like super quiet. I think it's a lot cooler when it's quiet. Uh, when you have like 30 people inside the Apex, I think it's like, what's the point? Like at that, at that point, just go to an actual arena and, put, and sell tickets, you know, it's whatever. Uh, that's the podcast, guys. Thank you so much. Remember to support us on Patreon, as always. For $5, you're going to get access to our Discord server, to exclusive content. A lot of exclusive content, actually. We have quite a backlog. And, and all about that is cool. And as always, guys, remember that the European podcast is brought to you uh, by Ex-Marshall. <laughs> Ex-Marshall, the combat sport brand dedicated to supporting the Jiu-Jitsu community. Their goal is to create a fun training environment with unique and exciting designs and promote the gym culture we all love. Ex-Marshall offers a range of products, including rash guard shorts, pads, geese, streetwear, and training equipment. Use code the fight site to get a 10% discount on your order now. That's the fight site, all caps, no spaces. Uh, for the best deals and discounts, sign up to their mailing list and follow all their social media accounts at XMarshallOfficial. Thank you, Smarshall. Thank you guys for all your support. And I'll catch you guys on Twitter, on Discord, whatever. You can always talk to me. I'll catch you guys on the next one. Bye.